Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to the Dion Gordon Podcast. I'm your host, the connoisseur of common sense, the purveyor of authenticity, the man who calls it right down the middle. Dion Sarray Gordon, enough of the bullshit. Let's get to work. Kwame Brown is on a fucking rampage this week. Kwame Brown has been talked about, disrespected, denigrated, derided, chastised, mocked, ridiculed for 20 fucking years. And finally, Kwame Brown has had enough. This brother is fed up. The time is now. The chickens are coming home to roost. They've been making a joke out of this brother for 20 years. They labeled him the biggest bust in NBA history. They said his career was, was a joke, was a waste of time. He didn't do shit as if that validates him as a man. And truthfully, truth be told, once again, we practice our authenticity and transparency on this podcast. Ain't no bullshit on the Dion Gordon podcast. Truth be told, I have participated in mocking and ridiculing and disrespecting Kwame Brown as a basketball player. I've called him a bust. I cussed him out one time in a Laker game. I went to a Lakers versus Wizards game at the Verizon Center, as they called it back then. It's had like 14 different name changes since then. But in 2005, it was known as the Verizon Center in downtown D.C. I drove my car from Frederick, Maryland to Gaithersburg, Maryland, got on the Shady Grove Metro to the Green Line. I'm sorry, the Red Line. Down the Gallery Place, Chinatown, Verizon Center stop. I walked up the stairs. I went into the game, and I witnessed the basketball game between the Los Angeles Lakers, team Kwame Brown was playing for at that time, in that year, versus the Washington Wizards. And there was a point in the second quarter where the greatest Laker to ever put on a uniform, the late great, our dear ancestor, Kobe Bean Bryant, had dribbled through the entire Washington Wizards basketball team. He dribbled through... Gilbert Arenas, Karan Butler, Anton Jameson, Eton Thomas, and Brendan Haywood. Got to the rim, split the defense in between Eton Thomas and Brendan Haywood, and dished off a behind-the-back pass to Kwame Brown. And Kwame Brown dropped the ball and hit his foot and it rolled out of bounds. And I stood up in my seat in the lower bowl, and I cussed this man the fuck out. And I said, you motherfucker, how the fuck you dropped that pass? Kobe did all the fucking work, and you fucked it up. What the fuck is wrong with you? And I sat back down. And I stand here as a man on May 20th, 2021. And I humbly say to Kwame Brown, my brother, I'm sorry. I apologize. I did not mean to disrespect and belittle you and demean you like that in public in front of all them white folks. Brother, I am sorry. My humblest, most sincere apologies to you. I'm mad enough to say that. I used to drink the Kool-Aid too. I used to be one of these brothers watching ESPN and Fox Sports all day. I still watch it all day. But I used to believe what these motherfuckers told me. I used to think to myself, well, he on TV with a nice suit on. He must know what he's talking about. They pay him a lot of money, right? He got like four different shows. He must know what the fuck he's talking about, Stephen A. Smith. Brothers like that. I used to drink the Kool-Aid just like everybody else. I used to entertain bullshit. Once again, we practice transparency here on the Dion Gordon podcast. Ain't no bullshit over here. Ain't no lies. Ain't no spin. I'm man enough to tell you who I used to be and what I am right now. So I bought all that shit that the cable news and, and sports media was telling me. That this brother's a bust because he's not a good basketball player. Because he's disappointing. Because he was a number one draft pick in 2001. And he was selected by the greatest basketball player of all time in Michael Jordan. I ate that shit up. I believe that. I looked at Kwame Brown just like everybody else and said, this brother's a bust. He ain't shit. This nigga ain't this, he ain't that. When I was younger, when I was dumber, that's how I thought. Like I said, I drank the Kool-Aid. 
Whatever the motherfuckers on TV told me, I ran with that. Now, there were some things I could figure out for myself at that age. You know, I could still think for myself, but there were still some things where I could be influenced. I could be manipulated. I was a young, dumbass kid. In 2005, I was 20 years old. I didn't know what the fuck I was talking about. I didn't know shit. I think about it to myself all the time, man. I'm 36 right now. In my 20s, I was a fucking idiot. I didn't know nothing. Facebook remind me of that shit. Facebook, every so often, on a daily basis, really, will share a post with you that you shared like six, seven, eight years ago. I look at some of that shit, I cringe. I'm like, damn, I was talking like that in 2014? That's what I said on, on March 3rd, 2015. I said that ignorant shit? Damn. Whew. Not anymore. The point is we grow, we evolve, we mature. We figure things out as people, as men, as women. Especially as a black man, you should be maturing on a, on a daily basis, on a weekly, monthly, yearly basis. You should be growing and evolving as a black man every fucking day. Every opportunity you got to breathe air on this planet, you should be figuring out a way to grow, mature, and evolve as a person, as a, as a man, as a black man. So I did that over the years. I've come to a point right now where I see things totally and completely different from what I saw 10, 15 years ago, from five years ago, from two years ago. I see things way differently. So I can look at a brother like Kwame Brown and I can say to myself, on oh, May 20th, 2001, Kwame Brown is not and never was a bust in the National Basketball Association. Anybody that came from where he come from and grew up in the adverse circumstances he grew up in, this brother was on free lunch. This brother was playing basketball with no shoes on his feet. This brother came from the backwoods, from the slums, from nothing. And 17 years of age, he was the number one pick in the NBA draft and bought his mother a house on a golf course. Anybody with those kind of credentials, you are not a bust. You made it. You did something in your life that the average person can't do and won't do, isn't capable of doing. You were the number one pick in the NBA draft. That's an accomplishment in itself. How many people walking this earth can say they were the number one pick in the NBA draft? Ain't too many of them. How many folks out there can say at 17 years of age they bought their mother a house on a golf course? Who do you know? If you listen to this right now, who do you know personally and directly that can say they bought their mother a house on a golf course at 17 years of age? Who do you know at any age that can say they bought their mother a house on a golf course? How are you considered a bust when you played 13 years in the National Basketball Association? You got brothers out here that play basketball their whole life. The best they can do is a 10-day contract. This brother played 13 years in the NBA. He was a journeyman, didn't put up a whole lot of points. Ain't, ain't too many Kwame Brown highlights out there. But that's beside the point. He figured out a way to stay in the league for 13 years. And in the process, made his family and his mother proud and bought her a house on the golf course. To call that brother a bus is a shame and it's false. It's fiction. That brother ain't no bus. He made it in life. He made over $70 million in his career. He got his own tractor. He got his own land. He got acres of land where he live at. He seemed to be doing okay. He lived in a quiet, peaceful, humble, regular, everyday life on the farm, wherever he live at, minding his own business as best he can. But for 20 years, this brother had to be the butt of every joke, had to be mocked, had to be ridiculed. Black men, brothers went on TV and mocked and ridiculed and denigrated and derided and chastised this brother for years and years. Stephen A. Smith made a living off of making fun of this dude, called him a bona fide scrub. Said he can't play. Said he was this, said he was that. That young man was in his early 20s. That's a kid. 
Stephen A. Smith, damn near 50, on TV talking shit about a kid for profit and for clout and for the appeasement of white people. That's a goddamn shame. Which brings me to this week and the events of this week and the rampage. Kwame Brown's been on the one-man crusade to call out all these shucking and jiving porch monkey house negro jigaboos in the sports media that be running down their own folks for the approval of white people and for clout and for profit. Kwame Brown been kicking ass all week. Kicking ass, taking names. That's a grown-ass man. He ain't playing no motherfucking games. That's, that's his mama's son. Don't you talk bad about his mama's son. If you want to talk basketball, talk basketball. But the minute you want to get personal and disrespectful about my mama's son, about Kwame Brown's mama's son, well, then it becomes a problem. And apparently, Kwame Brown's been keeping receipts. And he's been going out and destroying all these people one by one every single day. There's like five or six videos coming out from Kwame Brown. It started on Tuesday. The first video that I saw, he was talking about Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson. This all came about. From an episode of the All the Smoke podcast featuring Matt Barnes, Stephen Jackson, and Gilbert Arenas. All well, Gilbert Arenas was a guest, but the show was hosted by Stephen Jackson and Matt Barnes. They had Gilbert Arenas on a recent episode, and they were telling stories and talking about Kwame Brown. And when I go back and watch the clip, I see Stephen Jackson and Matt Barnes talking about Kwame Brown in a real sarcastic, mockingly way, joking about. It. Like as soon as his name came up, they started joking and kiki and ha ha and and laughing in between each other and everything. And Gilbert Arenas is talking about him. I feel like Gilbert was just being honest. He was like, this guy could have been Anthony Davis, but some, some just didn't click within him. And that was what I always felt about Kwame Brown as a basketball fan. He, every now and then, he show you flashes. He show you glimpses of like what he could be. And then two minutes later, he fumbled the ball out of bounds, dribbled the ball off his foot, or he missed an alley-oop, or he blow a defensive rotation, but that was the kind of player that Kwame Brown was. He had skill. He had some game. Like he was, he wasn't like he wasn't where everyone said he was. He was uh, there was some there was a good player in him somewhere. It just couldn't properly manifest itself for whatever reason. But he just couldn't put it all together consistently and be the player that his potential said he could be. He was a he was a good player. I'll say that right now. Kwame Brown was a good player. It just wasn't consistent, and it wasn't all the time. And he had a lot of circumstances he had to fight through. And Gilbert Arenas articulated that. One of the points he brought up was playing for Michael Jordan as an 18-year-old kid. We all saw the last dance last year, the docuseries that ESPN did at 30 for 30 about the, the mid-'90s Chicago Bulls. Telling the story of Michael Jordan, but at the same time telling the story of the 90s Chicago Bulls, the dynasty that they were in that decade, winning six championships and six NBA Finals appearances. And you see glimpses throughout that documentary. You've heard stories before about Mike being a tyrant in practice, about Mike being difficult to deal with on a daily basis. He slapped John Paxson in the face. And you see in the documentary, he bullied Scotty Burrell all the time. He constantly was fucking with Scotty Burrell, just talking shit about him, ridiculing him, name-calling him, jokes on top of jokes. Scotty Burrell was Michael Jordan's punching bag. And I say this as someone who looked up to Michael Jordan as a kid. My favorite player of all time is Michael Jordan. I got at least 15 pairs of Michael Jordan sneakers in my closet. I'm a Michael Jordan fan, but I'm also, once again, it's the Deion Gordon podcast. We practice authenticity and transparency over here. So even as a Michael Jordan fan, I can say he was an asshole. He was a tough person to be around on a daily basis. He wasn't always nice to people. And he was doing that to Scotty Burrell and John Paxson 
and other teammates, Tony Kukoc and guys like that, those were grown-ass men. It's one thing if you play these type of games with grown men because they realize, okay, I can't really respond back to him. He's Michael Jordan. He's the meal ticket. If I punch this dude in the face and break his jaw and he's out for like a month, that's going to ruin our season. I can't say nothing to him. He's the golden goose. He's Michael Jordan. He's the face of the NBA. He's certainly the face of the Chicago Bulls. I can't go against this dude. I can't really respond back. I got to keep my checks coming in. I got to be able to provide for my family. I got to keep my place in the team. Scotty Burrell was a journeyman basketball player. He bounced from one team to another. He had a nice career in his own right. Nothing wrong with that. Scotty Pippen couldn't even stand up to Jordan. That's just what it was. So if grown men feel like they can't respond back to him, then what is an 18-year-old kid supposed to do dealing with Michael Jordan every day? This is a guy who was driven by winning. He had a thirst for winning. His life revolved around winning. And he would ride you and ride you all day in his mind trying to make you a better basketball player. And like I said, older veteran players, different generation, they respond better to that type of shit. But Kwame Brown being an 18-year-old kid didn't respond to it in a positive way. It broke his confidence. It destroyed that young man's confidence, dealing with Michael Jordan on a daily basis. So when Gilbert Arenas brought that up, I thought that was an excellent point. And then Gilbert went on to talk about how great of an athlete Kwame Brown was, how well he was put together, how he was the second fastest guy on the team. He was a great athlete, and he showed you flashes from time to time, but he just couldn't put it all together. But the whole time he's talking, like Steven, Steven Jackson and Matt Barnes, kind of like laughing and joking, kind of like ridiculing him. And they ridiculed him on a previous podcast with Jeannie Buss where they talked about the Pau Gasol trade in 2008. Jeannie Buss brings up Kwame Brown's name, not in a derisive way. She just brings it up to state a fact and tell the story of what happened in 2008. The L.A. Lakers traded Kwame Brown, Javaris Crittenden, Aaron McKee, and the draft rights to Marc Gasol and two more first-round picks to the Memphis Grizzlies in exchange for Pau Gasol and a second-round pick in 2010. So she brings this up. She says the people that were in the trade. And Steven Jackson starts laughing and says, no, there's only one person in that trade, just Marcus Soule, mocking Kwame Brown, of course. And then Matt Barnes is laughing right along with him. They're still like kind of mocking Kwame Brown. And Jeannie Buss is sitting there with a straight face. She just continued telling the story. She, the most powerful person in that room, a white woman, did not publicly mock Kwame Brown. But two brothers... Two black men mocked Kwame Brown in front of a white woman. That was very telling. And that was the catalyst for Kwame Brown to start destroying people in the sports media all week long. This brother has been on one in his bag, dishing out copious amounts of ether. If you want it, you can get it. If you're in the sports media, in the gossip media, if you're the Breakfast Club, if you're Stephen A. Smith, you Matt Barnes, Stephen Jackson... Rachel Nichols, Chris Broussard, Rob Parker, it doesn't matter. Kwame Brown is dropping that shit. You need to learn, though, that ether, the shit that make his soul burn slow. He is wiping these people out, serving up fresh ass whoopings, laying a smackdown on all these candy-ass jabronis in the sports media. This brother has come out the woodwork, and he's the undertaker. He's burying these fools. And the coldest part about it was, up until this week, I swear to God, I never heard Kwame Brown speak. I never heard Kwame Brown utter one sentence until this week. So when the video came out, I was curious just to see what he had to say, because I never heard him talk before. Then he starts talking. Then he starts going in. 
and he is funny, he is clever, he is witty, he is charismatic, and he is roasting the fuck out of all these people who have wronged him for the past 20 years. 20 years of being disrespected, having your name dragged through the mud. These brothers on their podcast trying to make a mockery out of a black man who has not played in the NBA since 2012. In the face of a white woman, they laughing and joking and making a mockery out of this man's name and disrespecting him. He's been retired for about 10 years right now. And people still laughing at him and using him as the butt of every joke and saying he's the biggest bust in NBA history. So Kwame Brown released a series of viral videos roasting all these people, clapping back at him after 20 years, finally speaking up for himself, just had enough, and they all have now gotten in their feelings. Matt Barnes invited Kwame Brown to come on the show, all the smoke. He invited him to a boxing match, which I thought was bullshit. Whenever a celebrity challenges someone to a boxing match, what that's telling me is that you, you low-key don't want to fight this dude. You know you don't want to fight this dude because you're challenging him to a boxing match. Some fraudulent, fake-ass celebrity boxing fight that's going to be sanctioned, that's going to have officials and security and all kinds of people there. So if this dude is beating your ass a little bit too much, somebody can jump in and stop it. If you really want to fight this motherfucker, go fight him on the street somewhere. Go to his house. Y'all's podcast is called All the Smoke, indicating that y'all want all the smoke with anybody and everybody. Clearly, you don't want the smoke with Kwame Brown. This brother has brought you unlimited amount of smoke this week. Y'all need a nicotine patch. He's smoking y'all out. He got whatever you want. He got sour. He got haze. He got granddaddy perp. He got Jack Herrera. He got Girl Scout cookies. He got Blue Dream. He got Chem Dog. He got that AK-47. He got that Super Silver Haze. He got Pineapple Express. He got that Romulan. He got that Gary Payton. He got Indica. He got Sativa. He got Hybrid. He got Dabs. He got Tinctures. He got Keith, whatever you got, whatever you want, whatever you can smoke, Kwame Brown got it for you. You can vape it, you can roll it up, or whatever the fuck. Kwame Brown got that smoke for you this week. And he been bringing the smoke to these brothers all week who host a podcast called All the Smoke, and they have declined the smoke expeditiously. They do not want the smoke with this brother. And in between all the jokes and all the personal attacks and insults, which are funny as hell, where you're talking about how Derek Fisher took Matt Barnes' woman, he talking about how Steven Jackson, a fake tough guy, and he was getting chased through Indianapolis and getting beat up and getting his teeth knocked out. He got real personal with these dudes, and rightfully so. Like I said, if somebody been making a joke out of you for 20 years, you about 10 years removed from even playing in the NBA, we on the cusp of the NBA playoffs, and y'all still talking about me and my career from 10 years ago when I played 13 years? Y'all still making a joke out of me, too, black men, with your own platform, your own podcast, sitting in front of a white woman. You going to make a joke out of me? Kwame Brown wasn't having that shit. And he aired these dudes out all week, and it's still going. There's more videos coming out by the minute. This man stay in his bag. Of course, the personal attacks and the insults and the jokes is what everyone focuses on. But what I took away from all this all week, all this carnage that Kwame Brown's left in the sports media all week, what I took from this was the biggest point to me was the point he made about brothers in the, in the media, in the black mainstream sports media on ESPN and Fox News, using their platform to attack and denigrate and disrespect other black men. That was the biggest thing I took away from everything Kwame Brown said all week. In between all the jokes, like I said, there was jokes, there was personals, there was insults. It was funny, but it also made you think. That's in the spirit of being a great comedian. 
You think about the great comedians of all time, the late great Paul Mooney, rest in peace, who just made the transition this week. You think about George Carlin. You think about Richard Pryor. You think about Dave Chappelle, Chris Rock. You think about some of the greatest comedians of all time. They had the ability to make you laugh as well as make you think. Kwame Brown been doing that all week. Kwame Brown been funny as hell, but also been factually correct and really getting to the core, to the root of one of the biggest problems in mainstream media, not just in sports, but across all media, but namely in sports media in regards to what we're talking about right now with a former basketball player. You got black men, highly visible black men within the world of sports media who are given a platform that reaches millions and millions of people and then use that platform not for good, but for bad, for what is detrimental to their own people, for what's harmful to their own people. They use their platform to attack and disrespect black men. When Kwame Brown said that white people don't like talking bad about black people in public anymore, so they get black people to go on TV and do it for them, to echo all their talking points, to say out loud what they say internally, when Kwame Brown said that and made that point, I dropped my phone. Straight up and down. I dropped my phone. I was like, this brother is telling the truth. This brother is emptying the clip. This brother is saying out loud what people like me have been saying behind closed doors in private, regular one-on-one conversations at the job, shooting the shit with your homeboy, talking about sports or whatever, talking about life. This man said out loud what people like me have been saying for years beneath the surface. This brother said it out loud. I've never heard anyone else say it out loud before who had that visible of a platform, an ex-NBA player. I never heard anyone speak the truth and say what needed to be said. But thank God for Kwame Brown, who has come through and let people know what the fuck is going on and giving everybody free game on top of that. He's peeping y'all to what's really going on behind the scenes. If you don't know, if you're not watching, if you're not paying attention, if you don't see the agendas and the narratives being pushed, Kwame Brown laid it all out for you. He said, y'all don't talk about white athletes the same way y'all talk about black athletes. He even broke it down to Steven Jackson's body language on the On The Smoke podcast. Kwame Brown pointed out that whenever a white person come on the show, Steven Jackson grinning from ear to ear, beaming all the way, big smile on his face, showing all 32 of his teeth. Meanwhile, whenever a black guest come on the show, he want to bow up and try to look tough and aggressive and try to act hard because he's around another black man so he can't look intimidated, which is what he really is because soft, weak-ass, milk-toast, housebroken brothers like that get intimidated when they're in the presence of a real man, of a real black man, a black man who exudes power and strength and masculinity. Brothers like that always got to show off to compensate for the lack of confidence they're feeling in the presence of a strong, masculine brother. He pointed that out. He, he broke this man's body language down. So while Kwame Brown's been funny, he's also been insightful. He's also put you up on game. He's also said something to make you think. Kwame Brown this week became the best comedian in the world. Because to me, like I said, the great comedians make you laugh, but also make you think. And Kwame Brown right now, currently, is the best comedian in the world. And at the same time, exposing all these black people in the media who take millions of dollars to disrespect people who look just like them. Kwame Brown used the words henchmen for white people. Operatives. I agree with that a thousand percent. I co-sign that. These brothers be on TV, making a living, preventing another black man from making a living for himself. 
Think about that. I'll say it again. These brothers be on TV making a living out of preventing another brother from making a living for himself and his family. Because when you say these things and when you do the type of things y'all do, y'all hurting another man's bottom line. You preventing another man from putting food on his table, putting a roof over his family's head, and money in his pocket, and feeling good about himself. All these brothers who have a platform on TV ain't none of them for their people. You can go through and break all of them down, even the brothers who kind of seem like they're for the people. Like, I'll, I'll go ahead and say it, Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp, legendary tight end. Hall of Fame tight end for the Denver Broncos, later on the Baltimore Ravens, three-time Super Bowl champion. When you put together a list of the top five tight ends of all time, Shannon Sharp's on that, on that list. Well-deserved. Tremendous football player. And a very funny, very insightful, great analyst. He's entertaining as fuck. I watch Undisputed from time to time every now and then. There's only so much of it I can take because all these shows are kind of the same to me. But Shannon Sharp, I have no problem with. I think the Uncle Shea Sharp and all that, the Black and Milds and the, the Swisher Sweets and the Hennessy, all that is funny. And numerous times in my life, I've gone to the liquor store and purchased all three, either separately or at the same time. Black and Miles, Swishers, a fifth of Hennessy. I identify with that. So when I see a man, on, a black man on TV doing this, I'm entertained and I identify with it. I know people like that. I'm like that. So I have no problem with Shannon Sharp. At the same time, I can't say he 100% for the brothers because you have a job right now from a white man who's made a living the past 15 years being disrespectful to one of the greatest basketball players of all time. You sit across a desk from a white man who every single day disrespects, mocks, ridicules, derides, and denigrates a black athlete for profit and for clout for the past 15 years, ever since that man been, 18 years, ever since that man has been in the NBA. Skip Bayless has made a living off of being disrespectful to LeBron James. So Shannon's cool, but at the same time, you kind of complicit in all this shit yourself because of the show that you want. The show that's made you so popular right now. Most folks don't talk about Shannon Sharp being a Hall of Fame tight end. They talk about Shannon Sharp being LeBron James' biggest fan and arguing with Skip Bayless every day. That's, that's what you want right now. But I'll give Shannon a pass. But a lot of these other brothers out here, y'all be shucking and jiving too much. Y'all be doing shit that's completely out of pocket. Shaquille O'Neal having Shaq in the Fool every week with JaVel McGee on it. It got so bad, JaVel McGee's mother had to intervene and tell that man, stop talking about my son, which is something else that Kwame Brown pointed out. The reason I take this so personal, the reason why he takes it so personal, I'm my mama's son. You ain't going to talk about my mama's son, and I'm just going to sit idly by and let it happen. You ain't going to talk about my mama's son. That's some deep-rooted country-ass shit, and I'm here for it. I love hearing that country-ass shit. You ain't going to talk about my mama's son. I got to borrow, Kwame, I got to borrow that from you. I got to incorporate that into my own personal lexicon. I'm going to start telling people from now on, you ain't going to talk about my mama's son. Or for me, because I was raised by my grandparents. I, I love my mother, but I was raised by my grandparents. I grew up old. So for me, I'm, I'm going to remix it a little bit. You ain't going to talk about my grandmother's baby. And I'm just going to sit by and let you get away with it. Fuck that. I'm going to have a problem with you. Now you disrespecting my grandmother's baby. And you ain't going to do that. So when Kwame Brown said what he said about you ain't going to talk about my mama's son, that resonated with me. Everything he said 
resonated with me. Not just the jokes, not just the insults, not him singing to these dudes, not the personal attacks. They was hilarious. They was funny as hell. They was Eddie Murphy delirious funny. They was Chris Rock bigger and blacker funny. They was Dave Chappelle killing them softly funny. But what really resonated with me was him calling these brothers out for how much they be shucking and jiving, caping, tap dancing, boot licking, shining massive shoes, eating bones and biscuits out in the yard, how much ass kissing they be doing for their oppressor, while at the same time denigrating their own brother, their own sister. The way he called it out so expertly, so beautifully, so effortlessly, a systematic destruction of these housebroken Negroes in the mainstream American sports media. Stephen A. Smith went on TV and called that young man a bona fide scrub. Kwame Brown played 13 years in the NBA. Darko Milicic played about four or five. Adam Morrison played a couple of years. They were bigger busts, if you ask me. He never called them a bona fide scrub. Kwame Brown was the first pick in the 2001 NBA draft and wasn't even that good of a draft. The best player in that draft was Pau Gasol. No one saw him coming. He played over in Spain. Other than that, you had Tyson Chandler, who had a good, respectable NBA career. Same thing for Eddie Curry, especially battling back from having a hole in his heart and having health issues that he had. He was able to sustain himself and also have a long career in the NBA, bouncing around from one team to another, but still, that's highly respectable. You kept a job in the NBA. You were one of the best 450 basketball players in the world. For a decade plus, you were in that fraternity. Respect is due. And that's where Kwame Brown's coming from. I'm in this. We all in this fraternity together. We're talking about Steven Jackson and Matt Barnes. We all the same club, professional NBA basketball players. And y'all attacking me like this? I played for 13 years. Y'all don't say this shit about Darko Milicic or Adam Morrison. I love how Kwame said this is not even just about him individually. This is about other black men, about other black athletes. Stephen A. Smith been the hired henchman by ESPN to attack and tear down brothers for about 15 years now. That's the only reason he exists on that network. They got Stephen A. talking about basketball, boxing. We all seen that video of Stephen A. trying to spar, trying to train as a boxer. Get the fuck out of here, man. You couldn't punch your way out of a wet paper bag with scissors in your hands. We all saw that video. Brother, why the hell you on TV talking about boxing and MMA? The fuck Stephen A. Smith know about being in a fight? And for this brother to be criticizing Kwame Brown as a basketball player, as Kwame so expertly pointed out, I made it to the NBA, I played 13 years. Stephen A. Smith, you were a basketball player in your own right. Your, your hoop dreams stopped in Winston-Salem State. You went to college, you were so upset with your coach, you wrote a column in the school newspaper to get him fired because you were so upset about your lack of playing time at Winston-Salem State. You didn't make it to the NBA, but here you are criticizing the man who made it to the NBA, number one draft pick, bought his mother a house on the golf course, and played 13 years in the league. But you criticizing this young man, calling him a bona fide scrub. You damn near 50. Talking about a fucking kid like that. For years, Stephen A. was on ESPN killing Josh Gordon. No relation. He was always destroying this, this man, Josh Gordon, who obviously has a battle with substance abuse and addiction. Has a drinking problem. Likes to smoke weed. Nothing wrong with that. But in, in the NFL, it is. So he failed a bunch of drug tests. He bounced from different teams, went from Cleveland to Seattle and you know, this team in New England for a little bit. He's been all over the league for a little bit. He can't keep a job because he has these off-field issues that are real and he needs help and I hope he gets the proper help, not just for himself as a football player, but for himself as a man, as a black man. 
for the responsibility he has to his family. I hope he can get himself right. But you got a brother on TV destroying this man every day and talking about just stay off the weed. Ridiculing this man for having a weed addiction. This man, a football player in the NFL, his body constantly riddled with pain. The best thing he can do is smoke weed. All football players should be smoking weed. Once, once you study it and understand the holistic benefits and the health benefits that come along with smoking marijuana, in particular indica strains, football players across the board should be doing that. But for Stephen A to go on TV and laugh at his brother and make a joke out of him when clearly he had an addiction problem, clearly he needed help, reach out to that brother. You got money? Reach out to that young man. Help him get, help him get the help that he needs. Don't go on TV and make a fool out of him. He already going through enough. It's one thing to talk about an athlete's performance in the game and say, okay, you shot 11 of 34 from the field or you were 16 of 42 for 178 yards and no touchdowns and four interceptions. It's one thing to call that out. That's talking about sports. That's talking about the actual performance in the game. But for these brothers to be getting personal like that, to be attacking a man for having an addiction problem, to be publicly mocking this dude when he's going through some real shit, for you as a black man to be doing that, that is scandalous. You a bald-headed scallywag, like Kwame Brown pointed out. You have no shame. You have no scruples. You are unscrupulous. You are an embarrassment to yourself and to your people, to your color, to the woman that raised you. You're an embarrassment. To do, to do this on television, on ESPN, the worldwide leader in sports for profit, I hope the check clears. I hope it's good money. I hope it's worth it in exchange for your integrity and your dignity. I hope the money is, is good. I hope it's worth it. Because to me, it's a goddamn shame. And I've been saying this for years. So for Kwame Brown to come along and call this out was incredible to me. Stephen A. been going at brothers for years. Russell Westbrook, legendary NBA point guard, a man who's amassed more triple doubles than any other player in NBA history, more than Oscar Robertson, a man who has averaged a triple double for multiple seasons now, a former league MVP. Stephen A. Smith will go on TV and say, I don't care how many triple doubles Russell Westbrook has. It don't mean a damn thing to me until he wins the championship. Do you realize how hard it is to get a triple double in a regular pickup basketball game? Do you realize how difficult it is to get a triple double playing NBA 2K? That shit's hard. This brother gets it at the highest level of NBA basketball against the greatest basketball players in the world. He averages a triple-double. That's fucking difficult. And for a dude to go on TV, a dude who didn't even make it past Winston-Salem State, you played basketball. Your goal at one time in your life was to make it to the NBA. And your hoop dreams died in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. That's as far as you got. And you go on TV and talk crazy about a brother who averaged a triple-double for multiple seasons, who's had more triple-doubles than Oscar Robertson? Shame on you, Stephen A. Shame on you. That's a goddamn shame. Rachel Nichols, who also caught some of that smoke from Kwame, same thing. She'll bring these brothers on her show on the jump, these former NBA players. Matt Barnes is on that show. Stephen Jackson's on that show, too. Richard Jefferson. And the absolutely loathsome, hateable, detestable Kendrick Perkins, who's another operative, another henchman. They'll go on TV and talk bad about brothers, too. He had a little back and forth with Durant about a year ago, and Durant shut his ass down. And he came on TV crying. Talking about how he gets up every morning, gets his black kids up and get them ready for school. And he started bursting into tears and everything. All because KD called his ass out. All these shows have Michael Rappaport on them. A white dude who goes on TV and slanders black men every day. And y'all give him 
airspace to do it. Y'all give him a platform to do it. Y'all laugh at it. When this white dude who never played any sport at any point in his life is best known for being Remy from Higher Learning, goes on first take and undisputed and disrespects black men, other black men sit there and clap their hands and laugh at it, think it's funny. Rappaport also got into a back and forth with KD, and once again, KD shut his ass down. Then all of a sudden, he flipped the script. He wasn't so hostile and antagonistic and disrespectful. Now, he backed down. He got some act right to him. He began to cower. He withered in fear. Just like all the rest of these people have been doing all week. Stephen A. Smith said, I don't want no more smoke with that man. He's entitled to his opinion. He can say whatever he wants. I'm, I'm not going to say anything about Kwame Brown anymore. He backed you down, Stephen A. Matt Barr and Stephen Jackson, they got backed down. Kwame called all this shit out. It's all the truth. They bring on people like Michael Rappaport to denigrate and disrespect black men and other brothers sit around and clap their hands and laugh at it and think it's funny. Kwame called all these people out all week and they all backed down and got soft in their stance and none of them can answer his basic question. Why do y'all talk about black athletes like this and don't talk about white athletes like the same way? Why was there only like a day or two of coverage on Chad Wheeler, uh, offensive tackle, offensive guard from the Seattle Seahawks who beat the dog shit out of his black girlfriend? There was only a small blip of coverage about that, but it's daily wall-to-wall coverage on Deshaun Watson and women alleging that he sexually assaulted them in a massage parlor. Y'all talk about Deshaun Watson every day. So far, it's just allegations. Ain't no, nothing else come, has come out of it. It's just allegations. Chad Wheeler beat the hell out this girl, almost killed her. And y'all barely even mentioned it. And brothers on TV don't even mention it because y'all are operatives, because y'all are henchmen, because you're working in tandem with white supremacy. You're going to talk bad about your brother in the presence of a white person. I've learned over the years that there's certain things we can't say out loud with everybody else around and watching. Some conversations between black people should stay internal. You know, you don't want to put all your business out there in the street. Family business got to be taking place behind closed doors. And there's certain things black folks shouldn't say to each other in the presence of white people. I've learned that over the course of my life, over the course of the past five to ten years. There's certain things we keep in-house. We don't say that about each other, even in private conversations. So imagine how fucked up it must feel when you're a brother sitting at home watching TV and you got another black man on the TV screen talking about you in front of your family and you sitting there thinking to yourself, I'm my mama's son and you disrespecting me like this? It's one, talk about the game. Talk about the actual performance. What happened during the confines of the game that was played? But to get personal and attack these dudes and have a clear agenda and form a narrative about them that's false is wrong. And y'all got to stop that. Y'all got to cut that shit out. Stop dragging these young black men's name through the mud. I hope Kwame Brown lends voice to other black men who feel like they've been wronged by the media, who've been labeled as bust for whatever reason. I hope Jamarcus Russell say something. And once again, truthfully, I've mocked Jamarcus Russell over the years. I made fun of him. I laughed at him. I joked at him. I thought he was a bum and bust too. But Kwame Brown, this whole situation this week has helped me see the light. It has woke me the fuck up. I'm like, wait a minute. We can't be calling these brothers bust. Look where they came from and look where they at. A brother had no shoes on his feet getting free lunch. Made it to a point in his life he's able to buy a house for his mother and provide for his family and give his family a better chance in this world. That's not a bust. I don't care what he did on the field or on the court. That's not a bust. Kwame Brown is not a bust. Jamarcus Russell is not a bust. Achilles Smith is not a bust. 
These young black men can't be labeled bust. Look where they came from and look where they at. Look what they've ascended to. We can't call these brothers bust. Shit is bigger than basketball. It's bigger than football. This is real life. If you made a better living for yourself and for, and for your family, I can't call you a bust. You did the right thing in life. If you amassed millions of dollars and put yourself and your family in a better position for the rest of y'all's lives, you can't be considered a bust. I don't care what happened on the field or on the court. I don't care. I can't call a young black man who made it, who realized his dreams, a bust. From this point forward, Kwame Brown's right. And he's especially right when he calls out the bullshit treatment of black athletes in the media and the way black men are portrayed, masculine black men in particular, are portrayed by the mainstream sports media and the way black men in the media are complicit to all this shit and are cheerleaders and are enablers of this shit and perpetuated even further. The most egregious example I've ever seen in regards to, to the disparity between the coverage of white athletes and black athletes, the NFL draft, I want to say... 2016, Laramie Tunzel was sitting in the green room waiting for his name to be called. He was eventually taken by the Miami Dolphins, but in the build-up to his name being called, the entire broadcast was taken over by rumors that had come out that night, NFL draft night, the biggest night of this young man's life, where his dreams are about to come true, the biggest night of his life, rumors and stories start circulating about how he accepted $400 to help his mother pay her light bill. He accepted $400 to help his mom pay her light bill. And this got him and his university, his alma mater, Ole Miss, in trouble. And the, the media depicted this man in real time as this martyr, as this criminal, as this terrible person because he took 400 bucks to help his mother pay the light bill. They demonized this young man on live national television on the biggest night of his life. A young black kid who took 400 bucks to help out his mother. Laramie Tunzel, much like Kwame Brown, much like myself, is his mama's son. So if his mother needs 400 bucks to pay the light bill, then that's what she'll get. He'll figure out a way to give her 400 bucks so they can see in their own fucking house. And the media made this out to be like the crime of the century. And that's an example of what Kwame Brown's talking about. The media can form any narrative, any agenda they want. And the further that narrative and that agenda, they, sometimes they have a black person making the talking points for them. And they ruin this kid's draft night. And they do this type of shit all the time. It happens in sports media, happens in regular media. And you got brothers sitting around in TV show laughing and gossiping, acting like it's funny, acting like it's one big game. You got someone like Charlemagne the God, that piece of shit, that rapist, talking about Kwame Brown in the Breakfast Club. And also bringing up Kwame's family's history, talking about how his brother and his father are wanted for murder or have killed people or something like that. And it just, why would you say that as a black man? Why would you say that? Kwame Brown made a response video to that. And he said, my brother at work right now. So his, his brother's at work right now and got to answer questions as to why some asshole on the radio was talking about how he's a murderer and he's wanted for, for murder. You fucking with people's families right now, man. Like, we ain't supposed to be doing that. Charlemagne the God was accused of sexual assault dating back to 2001. In 2015, he admitted to giving a woman a Spanish fly. He put something in her drink to try to incapacitate her, to try to have sex with her later on. So he was moving like that. He's a sexual deviant. He's a predator. He's a violator. He's a rapist. He's a piece of shit. So you want to go on the radio and call out this man's family for something that a white man told you had happened. You, don't, you can't confirm it yourself. 
You don't know if it really happened. Some dude told you this happened, just like Stephen A. Smith. If you watch First Take, Stephen A. always says, a source told me, someone close to the situation told me. You didn't hear it yourself. Somebody else, usually a white dude, told you what happened, and you just went along with it. You believe it because a white man told you that shit. You can't even verify with your own two ears. Somebody else told you, so you're going to run with it. Charlemagne did the exact same thing. Someone told him about Kwame Brown's family's history because Kwame from Charleston, South Carolina, and Charlemagne from Monk's Point, South Carolina. So he claims to have some knowledge of Kwame Brown's family. Kwame did a response video saying, I never seen this dude a day in my life. He don't know shit about me. So he got some secondhand information from somebody, went on the radio show. And remember, this is The Breakfast Club. This is a popular, highly rated, highly visible, highly watched morning television, radio show, whatever the fuck it is. A lot of people watch this shit. I don't watch it. never did watch it. Because I saw, I saw what kind of piece of shit Charlemagne was years ago. This is a brother who made his name on the Wendy Williams show. So you are a grown-ass man that specializes in gossip. You were a grown-ass man that specialized in spilling the tea and being messy. That's some female shit. As Jay-Z, as noted street philosopher Sean Carter once pointed out, males shouldn't be jealous. That's a female trait. What you mad because you push dimes and he sell weight. A lot of this shit is rooted in jealousy. These failed athletes are jealous. They couldn't be the number one pick in the NBA draft. Other Matt Barnes and Stephen Jackson sound like they're jealous. They weren't the number one pick in the NBA draft. A lot of this shit is rooted in jealousy, and that's why you got weak-ass men who depend on gossip and salacious bullshit to make a living at the, at the expense of another brother, at the expense of another man. They don't see the problem with this. Brothers should not be out here, quote-unquote, acting messy or spilling tea. That's some women's shit. That's some Real Housewives of Atlanta shit. Who the fuck told you go on the radio and tell the entire world something that somebody else told you you can't even prove? And putting slander on that man's name, on that man's family's name. Like Kwame said, my brother at work right now. I'm pretty sure his boss or somebody asked him, hey, did you kill somebody back in the day? Because we heard this guy on the radio say you did. And the coldest part of what Kwame said, not just pointing out how these black men be in the media disrespecting their own people, but pointing out the hypocrisy in all of it. Because these same brothers be walking around with a black fist up, talking about Wakanda and black lives matter and black pride and black power and all this shit, but y'all be on the radio destroying another black man's livelihood for the approval and the appeasement of white people. But when the brother get a knee on the back of his neck for nine and a half minutes or gets shot over an air freshener, y'all ready to go on TV and say we being oppressed, white people out to get us, white people this, white people that? No. Y'all doing the same thing. Y'all are just as detrimental to the cause. Y'all paint a negative picture of black men. Y'all, y'all, once again, y'all are complicit in this. You're just as much, you're just as much a part of the problem as anybody else. Y'all help shape and form the narrative. Y'all help influence people's ideologies. People listen to y'all. Y'all go on T- y'all go on TV and the radio and y'all's popular platforms and y'all say whatever y'all get paid to say, and millions of people listen to it and think it's gospel. They think it's the truth. They believe in what y'all say. They trust y'all for some reason because they like y'all for whatever reason. Because a lot of soft ass people out here. They enjoy, they don't see the problem with their own people being slandered like that. These brothers go on TV and call someone like Kyrie Irving crazy. This brother bought a house for George Floyd's family. This brother got outside interests that have nothing to do with basketball. He cares about his people. He has compassion and sympathy for his people, and it's legitimate. It's nice to see somebody do. I ain't never heard Kyrie Irving disrespect another black man in the media. 
But black men be on TV every day disrespecting Kyrie Irving. That's just crazy. Oh, he's crazy. He's weird. He's aloof. He's different. Look at him spraying sage on the court. Who the hell does that? He does that. Respect that man's life. Respect that man's viewpoint. Respect his ideologies. Respect where he coming from. Oh, he fasted for Ramadan. What was he, a Muslim now? I guess so. Respect where that man coming from. Respect how he living. He said what he said about the people in Palestine last week. He got killed for that. People saying, what is, what is Kyrie? Is he an activist or, or is he a basketball player? These are black people saying this shit. Is he an activist or a basketball player? Why can't he be both? This is a brother using his platform for positivity, for promoting black people, for helping black people out, for speaking on poor black people's behalf. This is a brother who cares, who's in tune with what's going on. And he gets mocked and slandered and ridiculed. I see it all the time. They be attacking these brothers. They be destroying these black men out here. If you establish yourself as a, a masculine, confident, firm black man who, who is proud to stand on his own two feet and be a man, put a suit on, speak with some bass in his voice, give a firm handshake and make eye contact the entire time you're doing it. If you're a strong, dominant, masculine, confident black man, you are the most dangerous, baddest motherfucker on this planet, and white people know that, so white people will, will do whatever it takes to destroy and take that confidence and that masculinity away from you. And that's all Kwame Brown was preaching about, and can't nobody answer what he was talking about. All people want to say was that he used the N-word too much, he cursed too much. Man, that's authentic language right there. All that shit came straight from the heart. Y'all looking at the words, y'all not looking at the message. Kwame Brown called these people out all week, and the only thing they could respond back with, their only rebuttal was, you're a bitter athlete who's upset about being a bust, upset about being a number one pick and not meeting expectations, or oh, you're just mad, you're violent, you're angry, you're crazy, look at you, you're sitting in the truck. That's the only rebuttal, but they couldn't answer the core of what this man was talking about. Why do y'all participate in disrespecting your own people for the appeasement and approval of white people. Y'all don't go at white athletes the same way y'all go at black athletes, and y'all are black men on TV doing this. And it's harmful. It's detrimental. It's destructive. It's destructive behavior. Y'all be going at these brothers all the time for little shit. White dudes do way worse shit. Y'all don't talk about it. That assistant coach from the Kansas City Chiefs, Andy Reid's son, Almost killed a five-year-old girl because he got drunk and got in a car wreck. They talked about that for like one day. Swept it under the rug. Imagine if Mike Tomlin did some shit like that. Eric Bieniemy, another assistant coach in the Kansas City Chiefs. If Bieniemy had done that shit, it would have been the end of the world. Kwame Brown called out the double standard in sports media and people couldn't handle it. Because that's, the, that's their livelihood. They profit off this. They profit off being messy and spilling tea being a bunch of gossiping bitches and talking about men in a salacious manner. They profit off this shit. So that's why they're so angry at Kwame, and that's why I'm rooting for the brother. Go ahead and continue to expose these people. Every day, I want to see a video from Kwame Brown. Who, who would have thought? I never would have pictured in my wildest imagination that I would spend over 50 minutes talking about Kwame Brown in May of 2021. But here we are, because he has shook up the sports world he has usurped the NBA play-in tournament. Kwame Brown was trending more than the Lakers and the Warriors yesterday. Even though 5.6 million people watched it, it was ESPN's highest-rated program since, since the 2019 Western Conference Finals. As many people watched and paid attention to Lakers-Warriors, more people were paying attention 
to Kwame Brown roasting people on social media. He is the biggest name in sports right now, accurately calling out bullshit in the sports media. And I'll say this one more time. It's one thing to accurately critique an athlete's performance. It's another thing to get personal. I've done a number of, bl- of blogs, of podcasts about the 49ers on here. If you've been listening to this podcast, you already know. If you know me personally, if you talk to me every day, you already know I don't like Jimmy Garoppolo as a quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. But you can go back and replay any podcast I've done talking about the 49ers. I, I challenge you to find something I said that was personal and attacking that man as a man. I talk about Jimmy Garoppolo as a football player. I don't attack that man as a man. I'm not going after that man's manhood. I'm not saying nothing salacious about that dude. I don't even mention him fucking a porn star. I don't talk about that man's personal life. I just don't think he's a good quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. I talk about him being injury prone. I don't talk about nothing off the field. I talk about him being inaccurate. I don't talk about nothing off the field. I don't attack that man's character. I talk about him being a poor decision maker with his passes, having sloppy footwork and no pocket presence. I don't talk about who that man is. I don't impugn that man's integrity. There's a way to go about this. You can talk about sports, but you ain't got to be disrespectful about it. Kwame Brown, keep doing what you're doing. Keep applying pressure. Keep being the strong, masculine, powerful black man that you are. And for you black folks out here who insist on shucking and jiving and throwing your own people under the bus for the approval and the appeasement of white people, shame on you. You should already learn by now an example that was set by Stacey Dash, who was an actress in the 90s hit movie Clueless. She was a token black girl in that movie. She's also the cousin of Dame Dash, who, of course, was the co-founder of Rockefeller Records alongside Jay-Z. Stacey Dash was a coon in her own right, who was a political operative, a political henchman, a political uh, black person who was working in tandem with white supremacy. Her job, she got hired by Fox News a long time ago, right around 2011, 2012. They brought in Stacey Dash because she's a good-looking, attractive woman, and she's black, and she can say all the shit that white people really want to say but can't say in public, but it doesn't sound so bad when a black person is saying it. So Stacey Dash's lone responsibility on Fox News was to attack, belittle, and disrespect the first and only black president this country has ever had. That was her role, and she played that role well for eight years. And then, in January 2017... Donald J. Trump swore into the White House and became the nation's 45th president. And the 44th president, Barack Obama, was no longer in office. So now, Stacey Dash's services were no longer needed. Barack Obama left office, Donald Trump took office, and Stacey Dash was quickly fired from Fox News in the immediate aftermath of Barack Obama leaving office. She was a token house Negro and she got played. Your only job was to go on TV and disrespect a black man for the approval of white people. And you did it. You accepted those checks. You went on, on TV in front of the camera. You went on Bill O'Reilly and Laura Ingram and Sean Hannity and Tucker Carlson. You talked to all these white folks about how terrible this black man was. And then as soon as he leaves office, the network you work for fired your ass because they no longer needed you. You a house Negro. Let that be a lesson to all the Stacey Dashes of the sports media world who were out here shucking and jiving and caping and carrying the water for white folks on their knees for their white master and fulfilling the job of destroying black people, doing white people's dirty work for them, publicly destroying black people because it doesn't sound so bad. It's not so racist when a black dude says that Marcellus Wiley left him out too. He's another operative. 
Let this be a le- let let Stacy Dash be a lesson to you. At the end of the day, they don't love you. You can tap dance all you want to. They don't love you. And when they don't need you anymore, they'll break you off. So in the meantime, respect who you are. Respect these young men. Respect these young women. Respect these black athletes. And stop talking about somebody's mama's son. And shut the fuck up. Until next time, this is my mama's son, Dion Tyree Gordon. Thanking you for listening to the Dion Gordon podcast. Always humble, eternally grateful, very much appreciative. Picture me rolling. I'm out.